everybody, this is Steve. And this is Andy. And this is Steve and Andy Meet the Superman Family, issue number 165, July 1974. That's that's a mouthful. That is a mouthful. That's a lot of words. That's what Perry, Perry White said when he was traveling as a hobo. That's a mouthful. We're back. 100 pages for only 60 cents. That's it. I mean, that's quite a... That's less than a penny a page, really. Oh my god, I mean, that's a lot of bang for your buck. That's true. So we're back, we're talking about Superman family. We're back after a long absence. Yeah. A lot lot going on. Well, you know what happened? Tom came back. Tom Brady, he was like, are you guys going to do a Super Bowl episode? Yes, and the Super Bowl... Because we seem to do one every time the Patriots are in the Super Bowl. Which has basically been every Super Bowl for the past, since ever... Since we've been doing this podcast, which is almost like eight or nine years now. I something think we like started that, yeah. this in like 2008 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. So, yeah, so we've averaged like two episodes a year. We're doing all right. <laughs> we're going to try to do more. We're, we're, we're focusing yeah. now. We're going to talk about the Superman family, uh, comic books, and um, this is issue number 165. This is actually Jimmy Olsen Presents. The Superman family. Yeah. So I mean, so tell when us, he signed on for when he signed on for this, he was like, "I want my name above be, the title." It's barely above the title, but it is. That's how much pull he has. Okay, so this is, and I think we explained this. This is the second issue of the Superman family. We did the first issue, and right. I think we explained it there. But it's been so long, I'm going to re-explain. It. Yeah, explain it because I've forgotten. Okay, the Superman family was originally Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Right. And then starting with issue 164, it became the Superman family. What? Yeah. They canceled Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, and they canceled Supergirl, and they canceled Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. Okay, so we... And they condensed all those titles into one title, and they just... very dense. So Superman's family includes Supergirl, Jimmy Olsen, and Lois Lane. They're the main characters. We also have Perry White stories, Clark Kent stories... Crypto Super story, Super Baby. Although um, Clark Kent shouldn't... I mean, he is Superman. He shouldn't be in... That's, that's Superman's a part of Superman's family. Kind I of. guess that's true. These are like the yeah the B-list people. I mean, so, Mama was part of Mama's family, right? That's true. So Supergirl was... Um, what issue was she on? Was was that title on when, when it got condensed? It, what, Supergirl? Hadn't, yeah, it hadn't been running. It was just called long. Supergirl. She only had like... It ran like ten issues because yeah. before she had her own title, she was the main feature in Adventure Comics. Oh, I see. Okay, I think she was. She might have been the backup because the main feature might have been Legion of Superheroes. I see. So she this, she's up. kind of the the top billing on on this issue, number one sixty five. Yeah, yeah. And they rotated. I see. Who had the main original? Yeah. The story. last one we read, I think it was Jimmy Olsen was the yeah because they had all that Mister Action stuff and the, right. the, the Olsenville or whatever. That's right. Olsen Town. That's right. He's always up to something, Jimmy. Olsen. He is. In this, in this mean, issue, he's he's up to something. The cover he's of this led issue. an incredible life, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, and he's old. how old is he? In, in I don't know. But and for someone who young. can't do anything on his own, he's he's not. And he loves to pass the buck. Yeah, as we'll see today. I mean, it's just blame city. With he goes to blame city, London. <laughs> um. D- yeah. But so, I'll be honest. Yeah. Scott, Scotland Yard is blame city as well. I That's mean, true. That's what I mean. Um, on the cover of this, we we have three panels. A new foe for the made of made of steel. We see Supergirl being punched. See, I thought what that meant, made of steel. I thought Supergirl took a job as like a merry maid. 
Right. Like, come to your house once a month and clean it. You never know. I mean, she she does have a new job in this issue. So yeah. We see Super Supergirl getting punched by someone claiming to be Superior Girl. Uh, it's not good. That's not a good... It's, well, and Superior Girl really is trying to push that name. Yeah, she kept, she keeps calling herself that over and, and over. And nobody else is calling her that. <laughs> um, we also see... Like George with T-Bone, right? <laughs> T-Bone. We also see Jimmy Olsen... Uh, he, he's being stalked by London's most dangerous criminal. And to be honest, he's not really being stalked. No, no. He's just being fool. I, Jimmy Olsen's in it. Complete idiot. Yes. Um, and also on the cover, we're not going to talk about this story in this episode, but we see Lois Lane. Uh, the Superman's collapsed. Lois Lane's wearing some sort of safari outfit, and uh, a man dressed as kind of a tiger jungle suit is leaping down on her. Does he have more than five fingers? He has five, but they, they're very weirdly drawn, I think. Are we sure that Superman's just not sleeping? Like That's he's true. Like, out in the jungle? That's what he does. I mean, he can't get away from Lois, but... <laughs> and then at the bottom, it's got the best. It says extra. So for the other... <laughs> right. We're, we're not going to talk about the crypto story this one either, but it says crypto in three amazing uh, guises. Yeah. Super Baby is a millionaire. Yeah. Clark Kent is a gangster. As and my he... favorite... Harry White as a hobo. Harry White as himself. That's what basically <laughs> Perry White's kind of a. So what are we talking about today? This this issue has seven stories in it, right? I think so. Seven or seven, eight. Seven stories. Uh, it's got it's seven, right Supergirl, now. Jimmy Olsen, Lois Lane, Perry White, Clark Kent, Super Baby, and Crypto. Um, today we're going to talk about, of course, the Supergirl story, yeah, the Jimmy Olsen story, and the, the best one as usual. <laughs> Although and, Perry White is really good. Too. And maybe about... maybe we'll just talk about the Perry White story and save uh, Super Baby, Clark Kent, Crypto, and Lois Lane because those are all kind of short. Yeah, we can save those for the next episode. So because some of these are really long, we're going to split them up. Well, and we said this is a hundred pages. I. A hundred goddamn pages. If we if we were to leave this, in, this episode would be would be several hours. Yeah, we're gonna go in depth to all these stories. You have to when you talk about the Superman family. You have to be as in depth as possible. Of course. So the the theme of this issue, they they try to push a theme because some of these stories are old, right? Yeah, the reprints, all of them, but the main story. So like the Supergirl is an original story. Okay. So, but they try to theme them together. It's like this American life, right? <laughs> Well, that's, that's what, what this what American this Life is based on. It's based on Superman's family. family, yeah. Yeah, someone said, we should do a radio show that's just like <laughs> Superman's <laughs> family. And we just took that very literally. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So the the theme here is people, these characters are sort of out, out of, doing something unusual that they don't normally do. Although that really describes like every Jimmy Olsen story, <laughs> right? And it doesn't really describe, I mean, does it that describe the Supergirl story then? I mean, we are taking her out of her element, but we're putting her in a new, well, she's got a new like her life. new yeah. status quo. Yeah, that's right. That's true. So we'll lead off with the Supergirl story. We see uh, in the opening panel of all these, they kind of, Supergirl gives a little, uh, it gives you a heads up. Introduction. Yeah. yeah. A little, she says, hi readers, uh, this is her this brand new story. Um. She has a brand new job. Uh, Linda Danvers. <laughs> that name, I this is not as good as Clark Kent, I guess. Um, she's getting a new a new job. She's starting a new life in sunny Florida. <laughs> um, this story is called "The Princess of the Sun," and in, in the splash panel, we see that same superior girl again. She calls herself Superior yeah. Girl. She's wearing kind of a loincloth. 
And like a ripped like belly shirt. Yeah, yeah, very high cut. She looks more okay. like um like she should be dancing in like an eighties music video. <laughs> That's or right. That's right. Even though this yeah. was nineteen seventy four. But I'll be honest. I mean, well, no, super. I think Supergirl's outfit is very much of the time like her cape is attached via like a choker. Yeah. And she's yeah. just wearing panties, no pants, no skirt. That that was everybody did that in the seventies. Yeah. <clears throat> but like panties and her shirt is super tight except in the arms where it's like billowy that's true i didn't i didn't notice that but that's it is very true she's falling off of this what looks like a pyramid um and we we see in the uh <laughs> i also i gotta say this about supergirl's shirt i always hated this design of her shirt yeah because i hate that the yeah. superman logo is it's like one of those like like polo shirts yeah it's <laughs> It's just on one side. It's on yeah, one it's move. like she bought it at Macy's. <laughs> That's where she bought it, though. It's just a, it's like a Superman fan shirt that she just wears. <laughs> um, so you've heard of villainesses like Morgan Le Fay, Delilah, and on and on. Now brace yourselves for the most evil female ever to stride the earth. That. That's saying something here. Come with us to the age-old Aztec Empire where reigns in glorious splendor the princess of the sun. Can I, can I mention the women that they... Okay, so Morgan Le Fay, Delilah, and Mata Hari are known for, like, their sexuality. <laughs> right. And, and Ma Barker's just some old woman <laughs> with a bunch of kids. But she's all... Well, she's known for her sexuality, maybe. <laughs> Delilah, that's true. That's The evil women are all, like, ones that trick men. That's basically yeah. what... But the Princess of the Sun doesn't want to do that, though. This no, is... she's just pure, purely after, like, females. Yeah. So this story is told in three parts. And in part one, go east, young woman. Uh, we like. see <laughs> Linda Danvers uh, packing up. Uh, she's done with university. She's finished her career as a graduate student. She's thinking in her head, the door, who could that be at this hour? So there's some knock. Or a bring, actually. It says at this hour, so I'm assuming it's like 4 o'clock in the morning, maybe? Yeah, she says at this hour of the morning, she's packing. She's a night owl. But who comes oh, yeah. in? It's Superman. Her cousin, Kal-El. He said he thought he'd drop by. Um, she's going to be flying to Florida. And then, without question, he picks up all of her suitcases and everything and saying, why, why are you flying? Come on, I'm you're Supergirl, I'm Superman, let's go. But she's he, he doesn't care about secret identities at all, obviously. <laughs> I mean, he just shows out. up at her door dressed as Superman. It comes through the front door. Um, like, yeah, that's he, true. Like, he didn't show up as, like, Clark and was like, oh, hey, you know. And then once he's inside, <laughs> he becomes Superman. No, he's just wandering around Van Dyne campuses uh, <laughs> as, 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 as soups. I, I he's probably saying on the campus, hey, could you tell me the dorm where my cousin Linda Danvers is at? <laughs> Does anybody know Linda Danvers here? He's yelling it out. Um, but she says she just wants a normal life. Uh, she just wants to help people directly. And uh, she's, she's liked the fame of being Supergirl at first, but now um, is just ready to, to move on, live a normal life. And I, I like what Superman says. I can respect your feelings even if I can't agree with them. Least I can, least I can do now. That's what, that's what he says. So he changes into Clark Kent, and so says, he had his like Clark Kent clothes like in his cape. Yeah, because they kind of fall out of his cape, and he just puts them on. I assume he just stripped naked right there in the room. The door's still open, by the way. <laughs> um, and he says, I, "I just don't understand how his cape hides his clothes." <laughs> he says, "Let me take you to the airport." So they go. Uh, she boards the plane. It's flying to Florida, and uh, of there's course, a pretty like steamy kiss though in that first. Panel. It is a little weird. He kisses her goodbye. It says, uh, 
brotherly kiss on the forehead. It's a little Star Wars-esque, I will say. Yeah. Um, uh, as the planes fly and Superman, of course, flies along, waves to all the people. They're freaking out. If you see Superman next to your plane, they're kind of happy. But I would be, I would say, what's going on? Something, yeah, I would be like, something oh my God, bad. Some, something some, something bad. Something I thought it was more creepy in that he's like following his cousin, though. I mean, he's got, yeah, he's got this young, hot cousin. But he's got nothing the way going that he kinda, on. Yeah, in yeah. the way that he kind of like trails her, like he's even flying after her <laughs> plane. Creep, yeah. But I mean, the alternative is hanging out with Jimmy Olsen, so. We see what that's like in the next story. That's true. Um, so she arrives at the airport. She's starting a new job at the new Athens Experimental School in Florida. Um, it's It serves kids from kindergarten through college. She's going to be a guidance counselor. She wants to work one-on-one instead of all this, like, flashy Superman business. That's but, really – um. Yeah. it's an experimental school where she'll be kind of like the counselor for kids from kindergarten through college. I mean, that's, like, a big – that's a big range. That's a big range, and you have to be like have like great expertise in every stage of childhood. She had well, she yeah, the yeah. adolescence. Right. I mean, she is the maid of might. Well, what's weird is she studied acting. Acting. Yeah, she was a grad- graduate student in acting. <laughs> but it does come in handy, as we'll see later in the yeah. Issue. She does say that. Yeah. So did you like that? Um, the airport that she landed in, they had a note that it was the third busiest airport in Florida. <laughs> it's it's right there on the sign. Yeah. Like what? Something to be proud <laughs> Why of. Put that in. <laughs> Something to be proud of. Um. So, meanwhile, in the deep jungles of central Mexico, (laughs) uh, we see, like, this Aztec temple. uh, A life of another young woman is is really transitioning as well. Um, This this woman is is fighting this this other woman. They're kind of shooting flames at each other from their hands. Very weird. Street Uh, Fighter-esque. It it is a little bit of, like, yeah. It's if Street Fighter was just pure... Pure Hispanic babes. <laughs> that what it was that originally they had to. Is it, that. There is like Street Fighter Two Hispanic Babe Edition, isn't there? <laughs> there's probably there's like a million versions of that game. So um, this woman's name is Talaka. I, I guess that's T L A C A Talaka. She's the daughter of the the ruler, the Aztec ruler here, Paxuala. Um, that's the. It sounds like the new. It's a new Disney movie, a new Pixar movie. <laughs> Um, I thought it was a new sleep aid medicine. <laughs> right. Um, he said, you will be the mightiest woman warrior uh, in the world, but uh, you've proved yourself. You're the princess of the golden sun. Um, and and then he goes into a little bit of backstory. It was many suns ago that he's talking about the cursed foreigner Cortez brought his legions here and, and conquered the Aztec empire. But now it's Isn't it time. true that this, sto- this is the story that inspired Neil Young to write the song Cortez, the killer. From That's Zimbabwe. right. He loves, he's a huge Superman, Superman, a uh, family, family fan. fan. He loves Linda Danvers. <laughs> so, um, he's like, our, our kingdom is, has was destroyed, but we've been growing and now it's time to rise again. And, uh, and apparently this princess of the sun who later calls herself superior girl, um, can can sap the uh, energy of of uh, the foes who defeat her. She she gets defeated, and then she waits seven sunrises of meditation, and then is able to use their powers against them. Somehow, it's never no. quite ex- well. Something think, to do with magnetism. I think <laughs> what it really is. There's she's not really meditating. She's watching film ah, of her right, opponents and how they right. beat her and how they've beaten others, and kind of learning their technique. You know. That's right. That's right. Like Bill Belichick's, like her coach. <laughs> She's out uh, recording the practices of yeah, the other exactly, team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. 
Um, so he says, Princess of the Golden Sun, go and seek and battle the mightiest female on earth. Absorb her powers. And uh, he said, here she is. It's reflected in his uh, golden goblet there. It's Supergirl. Fly- I think it's just he's got a Supergirl he got decal on her. Yeah. He got- <laughs> They're having like like golden goblet giveaways at 7-Eleven. <laughs> so he sends her away uh, to restore the Aztec Empire to world now, domination. Now, wouldn't you have thought that Wonder Woman would have been the most powerful woman in the... Uh... Uh, they, isn't she's also she's kind of an Amazon warrior? Yeah, she's she's an Amazon so. warrior. Yeah, I guess so that. maybe they don't. But want... she's living in like she's living in Western Western right. society. Yeah, Westernized society. Yeah, yeah. So they don't want um because I mean yeah, Supergirl I... is Kryptonian though. That's true, but they're I. It's a good point. It's <laughs> it's a good point. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what uh, why they didn't. There's a lot of powerful females in the DC universe. There are. Yeah, I mean, I will say that. Um, and and also, it appears that her power, her ability to absorb powers, only works on uh, women. Right. Yeah. So, when also she had problems. I mean, spoiler alert: we have stuff with water later. So, I wonder if she like tried to do Mera. What would have happened? Like Aqu- Aquaman's wife. Was she? Yeah, she. She's pretty powerful. It could. It could be. I mean, maybe just one by one. But you know, maybe. They, they they want to get this done quick. They they somehow knew where Supergirl was, and yeah. also Florida is very close to Central Mexico, so that's just. She Do you think flies that's why they the... put the story in Florida and like well, let's move her to Florida because it's close to Central Mexico? They they want a lot of Central Mexico story themed stories. Yeah, <laughs> we'll find out. I guess. So Talana flies away in this like golden orb. She's kind of crouched down. <laughs> Looks very uncomfortable. And the next morning in the main administration building in the new school, uh, Linda Danver- Danvers arrives with the dean's staff. Uh, she meets um, some of the administrators there, a member of the board of trustees named Mr. Benjamin Pierce. Uh, he kind of meets her. He goes, uh, this Danvers girl seems awfully young. He kind of says she's going to be making like Dear Abby for our high school girls. He's, he just doesn't believe she could do well. Of course. He doesn't care that she's not qualified, that she's only a, an <laughs> actress, a trained actress, <laughs> right. not a, you know, a, a, a trained counselor. No, yeah, He's no one more like, worried what, about her age. Do you have any kind of certification in the state of Florida, especially? Uh, she heard that, but she said, I'll, I'll prove him wrong. She's uh, like, I'll deal with him later and cracks her knuckles. So she's apparently very important. She gets her own secretary. It's a man he calls himself a kind of a man Friday. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, 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 Martin Hamilton. Martin Hamilton, right? Uh, and he's wearing a very spiffy outfit. Oh, like this he's, <laughs> he's got he's a mustache. Totally, first of all, he's totally stylish. He's he's got the hair down. He's got the stash. White shoes. White shoes. Blue bell bottom slacks. Real powerful bell bottoms and a. Yeah. Uh, like a, a a yellow shirt with black uh, uh, vertical stir, uh, stripes. Right. He has a black sweater vest and a giant yellow bow tie. And he's wearing a black sweater vest in Florida. That's a that's a power move. It's like 90 degrees outside and he's wearing all that. Well, he's proving who's boss to Linda Danvers. He may be the secretary, <laughs> but he's still he's, the man. He's no pushover. He is the main yeah. man on the New Athens School, Experimental yeah. School campus. So he he shows Miss Danvers to her her office, and he says, "Actually, there's already a, a student, a problem student, waiting to see you, Eileen Falco." 
Linda doesn't even get like a moment to like no. get settled in. She's like, "Give me five minutes, send her." And she's that's how over... experimental this school is. <laughs> she's looking over her surroundings, and she's or sorry, she's looking over the um, the case file. She's got five minutes to help the student. Of course, she's thinking to herself, "I gotta put a uh, put some books on the bookshelf, put up curtains, uh, pictures on the wall." She she needs to be helping these students stop. She's always thinking. It's always about style. Meanwhile, across the nearby Gulf of Mexico, uh, the glowing globe that holds the uh, uh, Latana, <laughs> the she's got like five names: Princess of the Sun, Superior Girls, flying towards Central Florida. Um, just, I wonder how long she has to be stay in that cramped position, though. <laughs> it goes very slow, I'd imagine. <laughs> it looks like it's going fast, but it's actually just slow. It's like a slow walk. It took her ten days to get there. <laughs> He could have been faster in a crater ship. <laughs> so back in Florida, uh, Eileen Falco comes in, the troubled student. She says, uh, I, I've got to drop out of this school, and uh, my mother's in trouble with the law. You see what happens. Well, let's talk about Eileen's outfit really fast. Oh, that's I mean, this true. is school, and she's wearing basically a sports bra yeah, and a pair of like purple slacks. I mean, this is an experimental school. <laughs> it's it's the 70s. It's, it's, that's true. So uh, what happened to Eileen was um, – you know, she she's adopted, so her foster mother is taking care of her. And um, not too long ago, this woman shows up and said she she was the natural mother of uh, of uh, this Eileen, I, I and uh, that she wanted her back. She had documents and lawyers, and uh, they went to court, and the judge cited in favor of um, of, uh, of the, Quote, the mother, unquote, the natural yeah, mother. I mean, the, the judge mother. didn't even. Examine. He didn't even look at the. <laughs> no, he was like, "She's got papers. That's good enough." Oh yeah, you got papers. Good. All right. I don't need to check them. No. Now, can we ask how old Eileen is? Because this was supposed to be a year earlier. Yeah. But in the flashbacks, she looks like she's like twelve. But her body, when she's talking to Linda Danvers, looks like she's like at least eighteen. <laughs> well, there, there might have been some changes in in the past year. Um, like her diet, like something that they're feeding them at the new. Oh, New Athens Experimental School. Oh, they're getting. Oh, they get their their nutrition paste. This is kind of a new agey school, I, I guess. Um, so the uh, her her adopted mother kind of panicked here and tried to run off. Of uh, and then they they took uh, Eileen away. Yeah, Eileen. that's right. And, and uh, <laughs> now she's in custody of the court. She's going to have to drop out of the school. And as she's telling all this, we see the glowing orb approach the school a human eclipse is coming in and that's part two begins to lose a battle we see the man friday what's his name martin hamilton yeah i, don't, I i'm just gonna call him man friday because he, he wants to be known as that. yeah oh god yeah there's a bright glare in the office he's what's what's going on what's that blinding glare it's and he puts, puts like a book up to his face it looks he's like he's trying to hide him hide his shield his eyes you know um, I'm surprised. He well, I thought he it. was like trying to cover it because he's wanted by the FBI. That's right. He thought it was the police. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't have a pair of sweet shades to put on. But oh man! Of course, that glowing orb, that blinding glare, is Talaka, Princess of the Golden Sun. She says, "I seek Supergirl, whose presence I sense near here." Um, uh, Supergirl, of course, thinks to herself, "Crazies follow me around like puppies." <laughs> but she says, good thing I have a uh, master's in acting. I'll just use my acting skills here. 
And she and, and, and you and you can see why she didn't become an actress. That's right. Uh, she goes, "Oh, I'm so scared. Got to get away from here." So and her <laughs> acting technique is basically act like Shaggy from Scooby Doo. That's right. Zoinks. <clears throat> Uh, someone says, yes, everybody, let's... giant sandwich. <laughs> let's get out of the room. So everybody leaves, and that gives her uh, a chance to uh, switch into her Supergirl costume. I didn't realize this. As uh, Lana, or sorry, as Linda, she's um, a brunette. And, of course, Supergirl yeah, is blonde. Really she wears and a really good wig. She wears a wig because she takes off the wig. Um, and she says, I just want to... These loonies, I just wish these loonies would... Uh, let me have a civil talk with real people, but she's got to take care of business. She's got to stop this Talaka, whatever, whatever she is, whoever she is. So of course, she comes bursting out of her office, breaks the door, busts through a That's wall. Coming out of Linda's paycheck. That's too. right. Um, starts fighting um, uh, Talaka, and Talaka starts throwing fireballs at her from her hands, and it's just kind of she goes, "How'd she do that? It's some kind of magic." Um, they burst through another wall. Supergirl punches her in the face. She says, next time, if there is a next time you tackle anyone who wears a uh, red S, you'll know Supergirl can withstand a lot more than a cranky flare. She's, I guess that fireball was as angry or something? Like, I don't or know. Was crotchety? Uh, so uh, Talaka starts throwing more flares. Uh, they're going at it. They bust outside, bust through another wall. An exterior wall. Those are they're destroying this. School. It's real. The, the school is probably on fire. It's condemned after this fight. <laughs> Linda Danvers has to get a new job. So Linda Danvers, she uses her starburst powers to fly away. A Supergirl pursues her, punches her right in the face, knocks her out. Uh, Talako says, "I yield. The battle is ended." Supergirl surprises. She's still conscious. That blow should have left her out for the rest of the day. Punches her right in the face too. Just killed her. And several times throughout this fight, we should point out uh, she's calling herself Superior Girl. Yeah. I mean, she's really trying to get that to stick. <laughs> Supergirl says she's got a superiority complex. So she she yields in battle, and then she just sits there and starts meditating. Um, and Supergirl's very confused, but, of course, just grabs her inner meditative, like, yoga pose. She's still sitting there while she flies her away. namaste over and over again. <laughs> right. She takes her to police headquarters and, and explains to them what happened. And the, the cop says... Uh, well, that sounds weird. <laughs> That's pretty much what he says. <laughs> That's what he says, yeah. But I guess and, you... But he says, I guess you run into a lot of weird stuff. That's right. He's trying to hit on her. Oh, she... God, yeah. Um, so that was the end of part two. It was just that epic battle. <laughs> so part pretty three, much. and win a war. So to lose a battle and win a war. Um, so inside the jail cell for seven sunrises, the Aztec princess, she's meditating, growing in strength. Uh, refusing to talk or eat, but glowing with an eerie light. <laughs> so meanwhile, while all this is happening during those seven days, um, La uh, Linda Drivers is is trying to help uh, Eileen Falco. She's looking up this case. Uh, something's weird. Eileen was born. Doing some, just doing some simple research, you know. <laughs> she was born to uh, the name of Berkman, uh, which is... We didn't mention the name of the woman, the last name of the woman who came and claimed to be her real mother. But she's not the daughter of the woman who claims her. Something's fishy going on. Also, she looks up and she's in the registered wills <laughs> department of somewhere. This is the New sign. Athens Experimental School. Of registered wills. That's right. Yeah, they have a department for that. <laughs> a great uncle left uh, 
Eileen's mother, uh, the offspring of Eileen's mother, enough money to float a navy. Um, <laughs> Which is weird if you think about it. You know? <laughs> that is weird. And later, not uh, only to float a navy, but also why he left the offspring <laughs> of uh, <laughs> of Eileen's mother. That yeah, just just very specific. So, so Supergirl, or sorry, Linda, of course, has to. Uh, check up on on what's going on with the Aztec princess so later she goes into a telephone booth calls the sergeant apparently there's some trouble down there she, they they need supergirl's help she flies off to police headquarters and in the next panel we see talaka break free of the prison in a huge explosion coming out of her cell that one police officer comes running outside <laughs> i love what he says too that zombie chick is making like an h-bomb He's loving it though this past week because he's got Supergirl and oh, Supergirl. He's, yeah. Oh my god! Central the, Florida police. The, the flesh on display. <laughs> no, that's right. That's why he loves it. Um, so Supergirl shows up and Talaka's chasing her around. Uh, she knows she's absorbed Supergirl's powers, so uh, she, she's not afraid. She's ready to take over the world, establish a new Aztec empire, uh, and she sees a girl walking along the beach. It's Eileen Falco, of course. She hey, says, the coincidences. That's crazy. <laughs> it is, right? Know? And she says, uh, I need followers, uh, disciples. Eileen's also wearing the exact same outfit she did when she first met Linda Danvers. Right, they didn't... Oh, that's true. I, I don't think she ever changed her clothes. She, she has one, one outfit. She, she's also like Scooby-Doo, like, or like Shaggy. You only yeah. have one outfit. Yeah, well, yeah. And it's green and purple. That's right. <laughs> I think when you're like a ward of the court, though, they give you like a one outfit and it's everyone who wears this so if he was if eileen was a boy for instance right wearing the exact same outfit that sports brawl kind of top and girl pants. that boys have to wear all that too yeah this yeah. is the i yeah this is the new athens school uniform yeah so talaka grabs eileen starts flying away with her uh supergirl's chasing after her, but just then uh, talaka punches her right in the back of the head smacks her down over the water into the water supergirl's thinking what's going on i i uh, I should have this power. Um, how does she? How can she beat me? So she's falling down into the water. Uh, Talaka f- flies out over the ocean and raises from the ocean an ancient Aztec temple. Um, some, it was, it's amazing that she knew it was there. Oh, she. Oh, they've known. They know. I mean, again, the coincidence of Eileen being the one on the beach. And, and then that there's this Supergirl Aztec is living temple. right by this ancient yeah, Aztec temple. off the coast of Florida. So, um, Talaka's using Eileen as some kind of human sacrifice. <laughs> Supergirl comes to, flies out of the water, sees this going on, uh, grabs Eileen, sacrifices herself because she gets punched in the face again. And she's trying to chase after uh, Talaka, but Talaka's disappearing, reappearing. Supergirl she, goes cross-eyed in the bottom <laughs> she corner. Does. She goes, where did she get her power from? And just then she realizes... Um, she spotted something unusual about Talaka's powers, all, all this appearing and disappearing. So she swims down to the bottom of the ocean. She's thinking, I just hope I can find what I'm looking for. <laughs> I love, ah, here it is. Massive deposits of raw iron ore. That's what she was looking for. So she fashions this iron ore into some kind of magnet. And all the while, Talaka's swimming down after her, thinking, I'm going to finish her once and for all. Supergirl realized that when Talaka was teleporting around, she only did so in one direction, which was parallel to the lines of uh, magnetic force flowing between the North and South Poles, which seems... How how did she know that? That's a very good guess. 
So she, she's able to she, use this magnet. She has, a master's, she has a master's degree in acting. In acting, so. that's true. And she's like uh, um, uh, Tobias. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she fashions this. The never nude, which is why she wears those red <laughs> that's short right. shorts. She never takes them off. She fashions this magnet, saps uh, Talaka, drains her of her powers. Talaka says, you nullified my powers by disrupting the mag- magnetic lines of force around my body. Drowns her. Kills her. <laughs> She's right. That's right. No, she takes her back to the prison and that uh, uh, they're going to put her in a special electromagnetic jail cell, which I guess they just have. In they had it Florida. already in Florida. Yeah. Um, so you have she... <laughs> weird things happen in Florida, so they just have something like that ready, you know. So they, they also – so she leaves Eileen Falco. Who, and oh, Eileen oh, just wanders off on the beach. She's beat. very confused. But uh, later, uh, Linda comes running up. Hey, Eileen, I've got some good news for you. She's like, what's, what's going on? I'm so confused. She has no <laughs> idea what's happening. That doesn't mention that. And, and uh, Linda says, according to these reports, that woman isn't your natural mother. She's your mother's sister and a fortune hunter. You're going to have a bunch of money on your 18th birthday. And she said um, – this is all just means you're don't don't worry about money. You never have to worry about money ever again. He says, "I'm so grateful for what you've done." Uh, by the way, I just want to point out that shirt that Linda's wearing looks oddly like the same shirt that Man Friday had on. Oh my god! So oh. I don't. You think dot dot spent, dot spent the night at Man Friday? <laughs> oh boy, place. that was the only thing that could better. Oh boy, so God, uh, I leave... yeah, well, I mean, Supergirl doesn't mess. I mean, she's a modern woman. That's right. When she she's sees 1970s. something that she wants, she's going to take it. And what woman would not want Man Friday, Man Martin Friday. Hamill, yeah. right. with that mustache? Um, so Eileen's reunited with his mother, and of course, Linda's happy she helped out a person. She's she's crying, single tear down her face. In the epilogue, uh, days later, Metropolis, um, Clark Kent is there, <laughs> uh, typing away at a story. He gets a call from his secretary they say a young lady's here to see you she says she's your cousin i I love what he says cousin i don't have oh my real cousin i'll be right out not not so discreet so he goes out that uh linda's there he goes to talk to him she said i tells him about what happened with the sun princess god i lean back to her mother and and clerk says a job well done he just got back from a uh, visit from the bottle city of candor where uh, Linda's real Kryptonian parents live. And he brought a uh, photogram back, which is appears to be kind of it's, it's like, like Instagram, an I- iTunes video, kind yeah, of. right. Um, and he's kind of scolding her. You need to go visit your family more. <clears throat> and she goes, "Hey, you can be a real drag." That's the. I mean, end. he's always he's like, always he's waving his finger in her face. I know. Well, I think he's saying, "Pull my finger." But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is always scolding. I mean, at the beginning of the story, he was scolding her about you know I don't agree with what you're doing with your life. Yeah, I know. Jeez, he's I mean, a classic, classic Clark. So that's the <clears throat> end of the uh, Supergirl's new life in Florida. Not the end, the beginning, really. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So w- the next story is J- <laughs> Jimmy Olsen's story, and again, the blurb at the top: Supergirl's talking to us, and, sa- and she says, "Now that you've seen me in a new and different job, I thought you might like seeing some of the other Superman family members in unusual roles. For instance." <laughs> You know Jimmy Olsen is a reporter, but he's done a lot of other things. He certainly has. <laughs> like the time he joined the London's uh, the London police, Jimmy Olsen in Scotland Yard. We see 
in the splash page, uh, Jimmy Olsen's dressed in like the classic uh, London police uniform with that hat. Uh, kind of how do you how would you describe it? Like a like a London police officer with that. Bobby yeah, like a hat like a Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Like a, he's dressed like a Keystone cop or something. Yeah. And uh, uh, we see one of the one of the Bobbies. Constables. Yeah, the constables. They're they're in Scotland Yard, and a helicopter's flying over. Constable says that blooming helicopter is escaping with a king's ransom and jewels. Why don't you call your friend Superman? Jimmy says to himself, "I'm trying to signal him on my supersonic watch, but he refuses to answer my call for help. Is he mad at me for some reason?" Okay, okay, Jimmy's okay, only so, concerned about what Superman thinks of him. Well, I was going to say this whole thing—it has so many. One, so the constable is like, "I don't feel like stopping this criminal. Call your friend Superman." That's right. how lazy the police have become in the DC. <laughs> That's true. You know? I they know. Don't, when you, you know, they're not lifting a finger. You know, it's called soups. He'll he'll <laughs> take care of it. And then, like Jimmy tries, Superman refuses to call. And he goes, "I hope he's not mad at me." It's almost like a relate. Like, yeah, is he they're mad? like, he's like, why is like, he they're going out together? Right. You know, right? You know, they're boyfriends, and he's like, "Oh my god, he must be mad at me about something." <laughs> what did I say to him this morning? You know, so I forget his birthday. That's right. That's that's actually what really happened. So. Our story begins at the office of uh, Daily Planet editor Perry White. <laughs> they say Perry White orders cub reporter Jimmy Olsen to try on a strange uniform. But isn't it that Perry just likes looking at Jimmy Olsen in various... No, he makes Jimmy change uniforms. in front of him is what happens. <laughs> Jimmy, come in here. The cub reporter. See you in this Bobby uniform. And you know Perry White is a bear, too. That's, what, oh, God. that's the implication. He, oh, he looks like one. <laughs> Well, Jimmy's um, a twink, though, then, right? <laughs> He's a cub, cub reporter. <laughs> so, all right, boss. This, uh, Jimmy Olsen says, this London Bobby's uniform fits perfectly. He's got it on. He's got the hat, the whole thing. Oh, and it fits perfectly in all the right spots. That's, That's what right. White says. He says, no, what's this all about? I like how Jimmy Olsen just did it without, like, why do you want me to change this uniform? Which <laughs> makes me think this happens all the time. Well, it probably does, yeah. Perry well, White's... Get him dressed like a firefighter. <laughs> Perry White's... Spenders in the big pants. <laughs> And it is nothing else. Right. Just the, Perry White says, uh, I, I got a, a new assignment to you. You're going to write a feature about Scotland Yard. I've arranged for you to work there as an honor, honorary constable for one week. It'll make a good news story. You leave this afternoon. <laughs> Jimmy has no other plans. Nothing <laughs> else going on. And uh, Jimmy says, wow, this is going to be awesome. I, I could kiss you. And. In scene. In scene. Yeah. Later. See what happened. <laughs> later that afternoon. Oh boy. Uh, aboard the plane, uh, Jimmy gets another surprise. Uh, the stewardess is Lucy Lane, and this I don't think comes up later in the story. She's just there. Uh, Lucy Lane, the sister of Lois Lane. Um, Jimmy's bragging all about what he's what's going on. He says, "Yeah, yep, I'm going to be uh, pretty much a detective. It's going to be awesome." I'll show those British Sherlocks a thing or two about sleuthing. I've solved quite a few mysteries in my day. He won't shut up. He's he's talk, telling everybody on the flight. I mean, uh, about everything. I mean, he's hitting on Lucy, saying what a great detective he is. That's true. He's sitting next to that old fart, and he's bragging about his Superman watch. Yeah, that guy really loves that uh, watch that Jimmy has, because Jimmy's setting it back, of course, setting it to London time, which is... Uh, which is five hours, which is eight hours from here. So it tells us that... Right. Uh, Metropolis is farther east. Well, the than... time zone, the time zones may be different in, in the DC universe. <laughs> um, so 
Jimmy's setting his watch, and this guy notices it. Uh, oh, I've never seen a watch like that before. Jimmy's like, yeah, it was made just for me. And then he's thinking to himself, what would this idiot say if he knew that Superman gave me this watch? I could call Superman. He'd be there at the speed of light whenever I want. I mean, he, he basically thinks he's the master of Superman. He That's does. This whole story. That's what really gets me. So, yeah, Jimmy is Jimmy's leaving. a punk. That's what we <laughs> learned in really this story. <laughs> Jimmy's leaving, uh, leaving the plane. He starts – he says he has to be toddling off. He's, he's using all the slang. He's loving it. Uh, the next day, uh, Constable Olson reports for duty in, in, in Scotland Yard. He meets Superintendent Baker. Um, he said, oh, I understand you're one of Superman's friends. He goes, oh, yes, sir. I, oh, Superman and I have broken up a lot of criminal gangs. If you want any tips, just ask me. They take Jimmy to a uh, the world-famous Black Museum. The wep- It's full of weapons used to commit the most infamous crimes do you think it, Jimmy ever gets tired of people just associating him with Superman's no, being Superman's friend? No. What happens he, is he pe- loves it. People get tired of Jimmy always associating himself with Jimmy. Jimmy is the turtle of the DC universe. Because <laughs> uh, what happens next? We see a helicopter flying in uh, over Scotland Yard. It drops this package. Um, the superintendent. That's what the next extended DC universe movie <laughs> should be like. It should be like Entourage, but with Superman and Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> They should just remake the Entourage movie. But <laughs> that's what the, that's basically this issue is what's happening. Yeah, basically, yeah. So the the helicopter drops Turtle a pack. goes to London. Yeah, right. Like Johnny Drama's not answering my calls. <laughs> so this this uh, helicopter drops a package. It says high explosives right on the outside of the package. The superintendent says, "Get get the fire extinguishers out here. We got to stop that thing before it blows up." I love it. Jimmy says. Calm yourself, sir. Uh, <laughs> Superman can handle this. He presses the button on his watch. Um, he'll. He's like, don't worry, Superman will be here in an instant. But instead of Superman coming, the package explodes in a varoom. <laughs> and you know the way he said, calm yourself, sir. It wasn't like, oh, calm yourself, sir. It was like, calm yourself, sir. Oh, you know, Jimmy. Jimmy's rolling his eyes at this guy, freaking yeah. out. Jimmy says, calm down. Uh, the, the the package explodes, but it didn't have high explosives. It was a fake. It was just a smoke bomb. But inside, there's a message. Greetings to Scotland Yard. Catch me if you can. The purple pimpernel. Uh, <laughs> the superintendent calls him some idiotic prankster. Um, he said a real bomb could have destroyed Scotland Yard. And I thought you said Superman would have handled this. Jimmy's thinking to himself, I, 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 don't, I don't understand. I don't know why Superman wouldn't come in. He must have been really busy or in another galaxy or maybe in another time. But later, <laughs> they're watching TV. And uh, I love this. The, <laughs> the superintendent says, so Superman is in an, another galaxy, eh? Look there, Olsen. What's, why is he on TV then? He doesn't oh, understand. I mean, it could have they're been giving him total shit. And you can see the faces of the other Bobbies. <laughs> they're like, what an asshole about Jimmy? So Superman, uh, while... I must say, Jimmy brings this on himself. He does. He, he deserves he all of the, the spite story. he gets. Um, we see Superman, uh, at the time, he, he wasn't in another galaxy. He was actually in Switzerland helping out Which some I, school I children. I thought was another galaxy it, in the DC universe. It might as well be. I mean, this is pre-Brexit, but now the, the, the new thing is, like, Switzerland, the EU, is just another galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um... Superman was helping out school children, uh, just dragging them around on on a, on a sleds over the snow. So he really should be doing something else. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's war, something more there's important. Is this newsworthy anyway? It is, and in England, it is. It's they just they love this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so 
uh, the superintendent says, you know, helping those orphans was a good deed, but saving Scotland Yard from a bomb was much more important. Uh, Jimmy Olsen says, uh, you're right. Uh, Superman should have answered my signal. I don't, I don't know why there must be some explanation. Jimmy gets a, a second assignment. Uh, uh, he's guarding a famous painting called The Last Night. It's worth a hundred thousand pounds, which is like a billion dollars or something like that. Um, Jimmy, you're going to work with these other two guys. Just guard it, okay? Don't don't screw this up. It appears that Dick Tracy also is the guy telling him this. He's wearing the, a yellow He's overcoat, the yellow, uh, yeah. yellow fedora. So the first thing Jimmy does is send the other guys away. Yeah. So hours later, uh, one of the guys is saying, "Hey, our lunch relief hasn't come. It's, I'm really starving. It's two o'clock." Jimmy says, uh, "Why don't you just go out? I'll, I'll hang out here. If anything goes wrong, I'll call Superman." Are we I, sure Jimmy's not the purple pumper now. That's true. I don't know if it was ever revealed. Um, so Jimmy, the other guys leave and I, like the guy says, like, I'm, I'm, this is probably a bad idea, <laughs> but, uh, but I, if Superman can, can come, I guess it's safe. Jimmy said, just relax you guys. He's watching it. So Jimmy's attention starts to wonder. And just then we see a shadowy purple figure appear. Uh, he has a cane and with the tip of the cane, he cuts the painting. The last night, this very valuable painting Jimmy was guarding out of the, it's frame. He rolls it up and stuffs it into his cane. Just then Jimmy sees it. He says, hold on, put that painting back. <laughs> and, uh, of course, it's the purple Pimpernel. He smashes Jimmy over the head with another painting, flies off in a helicopter. Jimmy says, don't worry. I'll call Superman. Of course, Superman ignores him yet again. He doesn't come. God, I would, too. I mean, Jimmy calls constantly. Like, if Jimmy can't reach something on a high shelf... He's calling just, Superman. He's call, Superman, yeah. get in. Oh, I can't, I can't open this two-liter of Coke. <laughs> I must have put the lid on too tight. I better call he's Superman. He's always you know? calling Superman. So later, at Scotland Yard, Jimmy tries to explain to the superintendent. He, I don't know, he oh, definitely... I want, I, I want some Whoppers, but I don't feel like driving to Burger King. <laughs> Oops. J- Jimmy says Superman definitely... He must have been on some vital mission. Uh, the superintendent says bosh um at when you were over there superman was here in scotland yard i saw him he was delivering these uh precious jewels that the queen asked him to salvage from a sunken treasure ship um jimmy's saying you know why why would superman ignore me twice (laughs) like the superintendent says your meddling nearly got scotland yard blown up and you allowed the purple pimpernel to steal a valuable painting if this happens again uh, first of all, you're fired, and we're going to sue you for damages. Jimmy's scared, but but not that scared, because no, the yeah, next I mean, day... Um, because he'll just, he just won't pay him back. He'll declare bankruptcy and... That's right. Jimmy knows what's up, yeah. Now, I do think it's weird that the entire time Jimmy's over in England, Soups is hanging out in Europe. Right. He's, just, he's on his European tour. I mean, that's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jimmy... Uh, let, Let's see where Jimmy uh, d- doesn't learn his lesson because the next day. Well, to be honest with you, the superintendent doesn't either. That's because he's talking about. True. Why would you? What he happens? Keeps listening to Jimmy. I, yeah. And this idea. So they want to transfer those jewels that Superman brought back. They're going to take them to uh, Punbroke Castle and an armored van. They're going to have a huge police escort. And Jimmy goes, hey, guys, wait a minute. Uh. The purple pimpernel's definitely going to know something important is in there. He's going to try to snatch that jewel chest. And the guy says, "Yeah, that's you know that's a good point you have there, Jimmy." He basically says, "I'm an idiot again for listening to you." But Jimmy's idea, 
was to instead of using an armored van, use an old junk cart pulled by a horse in 1970s London, <laughs> and uh, put the jewels in there. And Jimmy and a, and another the, the sergeant will follow on bicycles. bicycles. <laughs> and Jimmy says. I've got brains I've never even used yet. He's bra- he loves he thinks this is a great I think he just idea. means in general I've got a brain I've never He's even like, used. He's like I don't yet. know how to use this. Um so they get to the castle they thought oh this would work but just as the junk cart goes in the drawbridge goes up again we see a helicopter fly away. It's the purple pimpernel. He says thanks for the help. You you guys made it easy. Later uh back at Scotland Yeah, I mean Yard. instead of using an an armed <laughs> armed guard in a in a in a, in a Heavily uh, guarded tank, not tank, but uh, van. Yeah, just, got, a junk cart. an armored van. It's a junk, a junk cart with a horse. That's what I love the most. So, of course, the superintendent back at Scotland Yard is letting Jimmy have it. He said, uh, you know, we're going to sue you. Get, I'm putting you on the next train back to Metropolis. You're banned from the UK. Um, Jimmy said there must be some explanation. I At this time, there's no way Superman wouldn't have come to help. Um and <laughs> isn't the Sex Pistols song Anarchy in the UK That's about right. this story? That's right. But uh, Superman was in London. He he. There's no excuse because we know he was in London. He was using his super breath to write out a message in the sky. Visit the charity fair at Punbroke Castle tomorrow. <laughs> well, he was also hired to do some advertising for some local. That's right. Yeah. yeah, Coca-Cola ads in the sky. Yeah, yeah. Superman. He sold out. He did. So that afternoon, Jimmy's back at the airport. He's uh, he's dejected. Um, they're searching all the bags though because they got to tip that purple pimpernel. ESA. That's right. Is trying to escape. Jimmy London. had to take his shoes off. Jimmy had to take all his clothes off. He didn't have to, but he did. He just did. Um, the purple pimpernel is <laughs> trying to escape uh, London or England with his loot, and just then. Jimmy uh, sees Doesn't this it guy. Doesn't look like it's Clark that's telling him that they're searching. <laughs> it does. Him. Yeah. The the air the. The uh, airport employee does kind of look like an older Clark Kent. It might have been, for all we know, like helping Jimmy out a little bit. Um, Jimmy's in line get to get his bag checked. He sees this suspicious man with a cane and what appears to be a small child holding a teddy bear. We see uh, something fall out of the stuffed bear the kid's holding. Uh, the guy's going off to his private plane. Jimmy picks it up. It's a diamond. And Jimmy thinks to himself, I bet that. That guy is the purple pimpernel, and that kid with him is probably a midget. But he thinks that every time he sees a kid. That's true. I think that that has come up, like a, a you know, a kid, an adult posing as a kid before. Um, every kid he sees, he goes, "That's a midget." Jimmy's calling Superman frantically. He's like, "Why won't he show up? I could really use his help." Jimmy decides, "You know what? I'm I'm gonna have to do this myself." So he confronts this guy. He says, "Hold it there." I know you're the purple pimpernel. I know you've got that painting rolled up in your cane. I know there's the gold in that. I know that's a midget with you. <laughs> but it really was a What if it was really a kid? And I wouldn't know. We haven't used... He, the purple pimpernel never used a midget. Why is he traveling with a midget posing as a kid? <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, Cheaper airfare? <laughs> and this, this guy said he's had a secret microphone hidden in Scotland Yard for a week. It is a per- He all but admits it. By the way, and he's going to America, so they could arrest him there. But Jimmy's, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy, he's he's got to do something. And and the purple pimpernel says, uh, "You can call Superman all you like, all you like. Uh, 
I'm, I'm going to America. You can't stop me. And Jimmy calls Superman, and just then he shows up. Superman stops the plane. Jimmy, by the way, there's a plane taking off, and Jimmy just says, "Stop that plane!" And Superman goes, "Don't, don't worry, I'll handle it." He breaks the plane's wing. Could be an he breaks all the plane. plane wings. Yes, he does. He broke. <laughs> and uh, the purple Pimpernel gets out. They arrest him, and and he goes, "How how did Superman come? I knew he wouldn't come. Why did he come for you?" Turns out, <laughs> this is a poor design on this watch. Um, when Jimmy reset the time on his watch, uh, it messed up the signal. And when Purple Pimpernel told him he was traveling back to America, Jimmy kind of realized, oh, a different time zone. Um, I don't know exactly what clued him time. on. <laughs> That's right. This watch, it's very unreliable. So Superman says, the year it doesn't work? You move the, <laughs> you move the hands five hours ahead. It messed up the signaling mechanism. It's somehow related directly to how Superman knows. Um, and of course, Scotland Yard's happy. They Jimmy did the right thing in the See, end. I was wondering if it was because it was like sending the message to like the Superman, but instead of saying like, "Oh, it's I'm sending the message at noon," like, like Superman gets it at like really, five, something getting, like that. It's really late. Yeah, he's um, showing up to everything really late. Yeah. So on the plane ride back home, uh, Lucy is there, uh, Lois Lane's sister, and uh, she has a newspaper jimmy's showing it. jimmy oh god his and you know they they talk about newspapers here but let's just say newspapers in the dc universe are far worse it's the <laughs> full front page is just the headline it's all the headline and it says purple pimpernel captured olsen and superman nab him and recover loot oh, so jimmy, jimmy olsen do anything jimmy olsen also gets the top billing <laughs> um so jimmy is uh he goes, Superman, I'm Superman's friend all the time, no matter what time. He's waving to Superman. Superman's flying along outside the plane. Um, now, do you think Jimmy told the Lucy, like, I'm I'm not Superman's friend. Superman's my friend. He's <laughs> Jimmy Olsen's house. Like, Superman. Jimmy Jimmy is, uh, I let Superman be my friend. Yeah. That's what he's thinking. He's trying to charm the panties <laughs> off of uh, Lucy Lane. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, and, and then uh, he says, "Meet me in the bathroom in five. <laughs> I'm going to change into a, one of these strange outfits that Perry White gave me." <laughs> On to the final story for this episode, and next episode we'll we'll finish up the remaining four. We're going to talk about the Perry White story. And this is the one where Perry White uh, becomes a hobo, and uh, again. Introduction from Supergirl says, Next, we have Perry White, known the world over as the editor of the Metropolis Daily Planet. He's not always content just to sit around behind a desk telling others what to do. I think he is content with that. Like the time he set out to get a story by posing as a hobo. And he wound up setting the greatest, getting the greatest scoop in history. This issue, or this story is called The Man Who Betrayed Superman's Identity. So... What's going on? Um, we open in the Daily Planet. Perry White, he's reading his staff, the Riot Act. Oh he's God. got he Jimmy Olsen. He's got Lois Lane. And he's got Clark Kent in there. Which is the entire staff of the day. That would be like the New York Times having three, three reporters. Three one of people. which being a cover reporter. <laughs> and uh, Perry, Perry White says, can't you lame brains write about anything but beauty contesting dog shows? He wants a scoop. He wants fake news. He That's wants fake he, Pizzagate. He's, he's like, I've been reading InfoWars. <laughs> That's basically what he says. He says. In my day, we made news. Because uh, 
What was Flane saying? There's not the any Alex news. Jones of the DC universe. He, is. Oh, he totally is. He's uh He said the mayor of uh, a metropolis smelled like sulfur when he got near him. <laughs> he said he's been reading too much Breitbart. He's like, we need to make up some news. Uh, he sends him out. Uh, he's really pissed. Talking about the Bowling <laughs> Green massacre. That's right. Alternative facts. The uh, Daily Planet. Perry's lecture. Uh, he's he's just thinking. He's pissed off at himself. He hears them outside uh, talking to himself, uh, talking amongst themselves. Lois says, the nerve of that has been. Whoa. Jimmy Jimmy <laughs> says, they're right outside his office. Jimmy says, that old fossil wouldn't know a scoop. If he well, I like how there's an exclamation point behind both of their. <laughs> they're yelling yeah. it. They know. And, of course, Perry White's listening in. He's thinking, a has-been, am I? Well, I'll show him a lesson. He's looking at an old Daily Planet. Perry White just tweets nonstop. <laughs> That's right. He goes, the failing Daily Planet cannot keep any subscribers. Um, he, He's thinking, I'll show them. I'll show them a thing or two. Uh, he's he's going to try to catch this old, <laughs> a jewel thief who got away with a million dollars named Gentleman Jerry. He's it just seems vanished. like this happened like 20 years ago. Does anyone even really care about Gentleman Jerry anymore? No, no one cares. The hobo that stole they've, jewels? They've paid out the insurance on the jewels. I mean, it's not – but he's he's got to get this scoop. So he calls the staff back in. He says, I'm fed up, you know, with you nitwits. I'm taking a vacation. He puts Clark Kent in charge. He says, don't try to find me. Um, I need a rest. Uh, afterward, at Perry's home, I guess he lives alone because he's thinking <laughs> – I'll show them how a real reporter operates. He's going to capture Gentleman Jerry. He's dressing himself up as a hobo, and he well, says he knew. Well, he knows. Well, let's be fair. When we discover what what he actually did, all it seemed like he did was put some dirt on his face. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he's 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 dressed up as a as a hobo. He's got like a he's pulled his pants up. He's got a hat on. He didn't shave for a few days. So uh, he he thinks why why is he dressing up as a hobo? Because he knows that gentleman Jerry was a hobo before he began his career as a jewel thief, and now he thinks that he's in hiding. So he starts hopping on trains, so, going all across so the Perry, country. Perry's form of investigative journal- journalism is just making assumptions. That's that's right. Well, he was a hobo, so he probably still is. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's got a million dollars in jewels. Like, why would he go to another country? He's living as a hobo. <laughs> what he thinks. Um, so he's calling himself Wondering Willie. He's going to all these hobos on the train tracks and, uh, I'm looking for his pal, Gentleman Jerry. And then it says, uh, in the days that follow. So I'm assuming he's been out there for, for months, really. Cause one morning, um, at a hobo hideout, someone comes up and says, Hey, you're hunting for Gentleman Jerry. I'm Gentleman Jerry. What do you want? Um, <laughs> and, uh, Wondering Willie says, Oh, uh, I've got a big jewel job lined up for you. I, that's some kind of hobo slang, a jewel job. I, think so. yeah, I don't. I, think so. I don't want to know what he was doing to get information. <laughs> like you give me a, one of those jewels, I'll give you a job, Jerry. <laughs> but gentleman Jerry's no fool. He sees. He sees right through. Uh, Perry. He's wearing disguise. expensive shoes. <laughs> he's wearing. <laughs> he's like wearing the new Jordans. That's right. <laughs> he says, uh, "How do you explain those expensive shoes?" He has his friends grab him, and he goes, "Yeah," and he's. These smokes in his pocket are dollar Coronas. I, I think he actually had like some long neck Coronas in his pocket. That's what he's been using. So they they they're on to him. They he douse him water. with a bucket of water and, and washes the dirt off his face. And I love uh, Gentleman Jerry recognizes him as Perry White. 
He's just the editor of a newspaper. You well, to be fair, that. everybody recognized him at Paris. They, they knew it all along. He's no, no, he's not a very good journalist. They push him back. He knocks his head and knocks him out. Um, and they, they don't, they don't want to get in trouble, so they just run away. And Jerry says, "Yeah, I mustn't let the cops find me here, especially with all this loot I've got in my bun." So he's been carrying around these jewels for years. I mean, I think he's waiting for the statute of limitations to run out. <laughs> that's, that's right. So when Perry White he's, comes... He's on the long con, that's you know? Right. That's right. When Perry White comes to, uh, he can't remember who he is or where he is. So he walks up to the road. He flags someone down. Uh, and and that someone just happens to be underworld kingpin Dirk Denver. He recognizes him as Perry White. I just White. Like how also Dirk Denver, the, the head of the underworld. He's driving himself around. That's right. He, why doesn't he have a driver? He just—he's going for a leisurely he likes, drive. He just likes to cruise. You That's know? right. Remember when Art Garfunkel was pulled over driving his own limo, smoking <laughs> pot? That's right. That's what—that's what Dirk Denver does. Dirk Denver's doing that. He so he recognizes. He's got a big slip, you know, smoke, smoking <laughs> a dude. He recognizes his tunage. <laughs> so he sees this hobo, and uh, he recognizes him as Perry White. Again, everybody's know he knows who Perry White is. He goes, "I better see what this is all about." Uh, then he realizes that Perry White has uh, amnesia. Something happened, and all Perry White knows is that uh, the inside of his hat says PW. So Dirk comes up with a plan. He he said, "This could be the break of a lifetime." He goes, "I can help you." Those initials stand for Paul Webster. Um, you were the country's top reporter. You won a Pulitzer Prize for journalism. Perry goes, I, I did? Then what am I doing in these shabby clothes? He said, it's it's sad, but you had some bad breaks. You took to the drink. Uh, you know, you became a hobo. Perry goes, oh, God, that's I'm a vagabond that has been. I think Dirk Denver tell, tells the story to every journalist he meets, hoping that this is that's, what they think actually happened. That's true. It, it, Perry White is just so so dumb. And I guess he has amnesia, so we can't blame him too much. But he said, don't worry. I'm Dirk Denver, a magazine publisher. We're about to put out a new magazine called Scoop. I love. I would read that magazine. We're going to put up a new alt-right <laughs> news website called Scoop. And, <laughs> and uh, he said, I'm going to hire you. I, I, we're going to – I'm going to help you out because cause, uh, I'm going to give you a new start. Um Later in Denver's office, he gives Perry White some new clothes. Uh, of course, Perry White still thinks he's this Paul Webster <laughs> reporter. Um, he says he feels like a new man. Uh, Denver's henchmen have been watching this through a secret two-way mirror that Denver has in his office for some reason. <laughs> well, he, he likes watching people when he gets like intimate. That's so. that's right. He's Dirk is a degenerate. Um, uh, these other henchmen say, you know, it's it's a crazy idea to bring Perry White here to the headquarters of the CBI, the Criminal Bureau of Information. <laughs> and he said, yeah, crazy like a fox. You see, Perry White is one of the best reporters in the world. He stopped the smuggling syndicate, the counterfeiters club, and uh, the enemies. All these are alliterative stories, too. The smuggling syndicate, the counterfeiters <laughs> club, right. Superman's secret. That's right. That's right. And he said, uh, the, you know, everybody's tried and failed to find Superman's secret identity, uh, even Luther. Um, but Perry White, he's, he's just such a good investigator. I think he could do it. And there's a million-dollar reward out for Superman's identity by the crime syndicate. <laughs> so later that day, Paul Webster begins his new job uh, uh, 
Dirk Denver tells him, hey, the first issue, I love, I love this. Here's your first assignment for the first issue. He mocked up the first cover. He did. He did. Uh, Are we sure he's not actually going to go through with this? <laughs> he might. I mean, why not, right? Could be successful. He said, here's the, I love his first he assignment. He should a press conference. I've already hired Perry White. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this could be a million dollars is nothing with a successful magazine. Um, this is like when John Kennedy Jr. started George. <laughs> Cindy Crawford's going to be on the first cover of Scoop. So Dressed as Perry White. <laughs> Perry White's going to be on the cover dressed as Cindy Crawford. Yeah, from the uh, Diet Coke commercial. <laughs> so I, I love the first job he's giving to, to Paul Webster is to solve the greatest mystery of all time. That's your first. It's just your first job. Uh, Superman's secret identity, uh, Perry, Perry White, uh, this Paul Webster says, I'll do it. Uh, you're helping me out. I, Paul Webster is no has been, I'm still the best reporter. He'll need to do a lot of research. He called, he said, give me a complete record of Superman's career. I want newspaper clippings, books, articles, photographs. Give me newsreel films. I, I gotta, I gotta get everything. So. They get it all together, and the next day, Perry White's observing all of these foot this footage of Superman, um, and he's got I got to look at the way he moves. And anything, any trivial mannerism can be a clue. After hours of watching film, Perry White's like, "I got to get back in there," but but uh, Dirk is like, "No, no, 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 not not right now," because back in there, uh, in the we've, film, we've room, got sandwiches and coffee in the other room. That's right, and that you know, Perry White can't turn that down. No sandwiches and coffee. <laughs> So the next... There's a whole platter of it. <laughs> yeah, there really is. Paul leaves the the film room and and just in time too because they're showing a film of a uh, of uh, when Superman gets an award from Perry White. They like it. If he saw himself on screen, he on on screen, he might snap out of his amnesia and queer the whole deal. They didn't. Ugh, they didn't want that. <laughs> they didn't want that happening. <laughs> So they've just outed Perry White as a member of the LGBTQ community, right? Yeah, that's right. That's uh, yeah. Uh, so a few days later, Perry White's got some of his research back. He 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 saw from all this film, um, Superman is six two. He's got his chest, waist, his eye color, his hair color. Now anyone could basically have told you this, though. I know that's what I mean. I'm, that's was he really that good of an investigative reporter? I mean, he's basically giving you. Facts everybody knows. Yeah. Superman's tall. He's got dark hair. He's got a big chest. And then instead of doing the work himself, he goes, hey, get your staff to uh, bring me photos of men in Metropolis who fit the same description. There's millions of people. shirtless. Yeah, exactly. And so at the end of the week, Perry White has all these um, pictures on the wall. He goes, one of these is Superman. Let me get to work again. man. Let's just admit it. That's right. Um so a few days later, he's narrowed it down to three people. Uh, Chuck Darren, FBI agent, Steve Bevan, actor, Clark Kent, reporter, and Rand Sterling, science fiction writer. He, Perry White says one of these men, four men, is definitely Superman. I Let me do some final investigation to see. So he starts staking out these guys one by one. First, he goes to uh, a movie location in the desert where Steve Bevan is filming a scene fighting a lion. Perry White sees him. He goes, he's really handling that lion. He goes, he could be a super, Superman. He's, he's really fighting this lion. But later he sees um, – it, it the movie, I guess, is Samson because Delilah, he sees yeah. Delilah cutting his, his hair. He goes, wait a minute. That can't be Superman because Superman's uh, invulnerable. 
Uh, she wouldn't have been able to cut his hair. But uh, my favorite part of this, though, yeah, is he's always in view of the camera. Harry, so do you think when the movie came out, <laughs> there's, like, hey, there's a guy in the background. <laughs> he's just peeking out in modern clothes in this uh, period film. Ruining every shot. So they, the security guards see him. They grab him. Um, Perry White's being dragged away, and, and just then the actor takes off his wig. He goes, don't see me. Don't Get, get that snoop out of here. Uh, I'll be ruined if my fans ever find out I'm bald. Uh, so he's, wait, wait a minute. He's bald. That was a wig. Oh, no. He could be Superman. Um Next, his next suspect is Paul Webster, an FBI agent, and uh, he's at a shooting range, which we see his, this shooting range, his safety is, uh, leaves a lot to be desired. Perry White shows up and uh, starts to interview him. Uh, the FBI agent says, yeah, that's, I've devoted my life to a struggle against crime and evil. Uh, just then he, he's shooting, it ricochets off the wall and hits him in the chest. <laughs> like very not not safe, you know. No, it's it's not. It could have hit Perry White. Killed him instantly. Maybe that's did, what he was trying to do. It's right. He's like, this guy's really annoying. Um, but Paul Webster, the FBI agent, w wasn't harmed. And Perry White immediately says, that, that bullet struck you in the chest. You must be Superman. Don't deny it. <laughs> the guy <laughs> goes. Me, are, Superman, are, are you nuts? Because, of course, these bullets bounce off me. I'm wearing a bulletproof vest. Now get out of here, you idiot. That's what he says. And Perry White just goes, all right, I'm 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 going. But I don't, so is himself. this showing what a terrible jerk? It really is, kind Perry of. White is. He gets thrown out of every place for being an idiot. That's right. And But but he still thinks to himself, that could have been a ruse. I, I still can't be for sure that this guy's in Superman. Uh, the next day, out of sight of a big TV studio, he's looking for... Um, Rand Sterling, the, the science fiction writer, uh, he's writing some kind of news show. Perry goes onto the set. He sees him flying around, and it's Rand Sterling. He's he's rocketing around this TV studio. <laughs> Come on. This one, he should know what's going on here. You Perry really thinks think so. Perry thinks to himself that um, this guy could be <laughs> – this guy's definitely Superman. But when he tries to interview him, the guy says, of course – it looked like I was fine. I was testing a device for this TV show. Now beat it. Well, for, he says the best part, you can see the wires dangling. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, so did Perry just ignore the wires, or does he think that Superman's flying everywhere on wires? I don't. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but Perry thinks to himself, oh, brother, did I goof? Uh, now I'll never be sure. The next day, um, he he's like, uh, you know, I got to interview this clark kent guy he looks a lot like superman first of all and he's never around when superman is in action i'll i'll uh i'll check in on him so perry white disguises himself as a uh phone company employee so he but it does look to... like he's got a gun on a, like a gun holster on his hip that's right he goes to uh clark kent's apartment and uh, the maintenance or the i guess the landlady lets him in i thought it was just um, the neighbor that had <laughs> it could have been yeah. or something um so Perry's searching around the office until he opens up a hidden closet, and inside are two Superman robots. I thought they were Superman sex dolls. That's that's he what was going to market them and sell them online. Superman calls them his robots. Um, so suddenly, Perry White's like, "Oh my god, he's definitely Superman. Why else would he have these stored here?" Just then, the phone ring. <laughs> the phone rings. Perry White picks it up, and all it says is, "Hello, Clark. This is Superman." About those two robots I loaned you earlier, can I have them back tomorrow? So Perry White hangs up and thinks, well, it 
it must be uh gosh superman is just calling him so obviously can't can't be superman um of course it's revealed the robots are talking to himself clark can't set up uh, uh if anyone were to open that uh storage room with the two superman robots immediately a phone would ring and he recorded something that says hello clark this is superman that's very white you didn't make you uncomfortable that the robots refer to the real superman as their master (laughs) that's right it is a little weird um so perry white's thinking to himself i i can't be sure that any of these guys aren't superman so he actually this i gotta give it to him this is a pretty smart plan he's gonna write a note to each of them and say I've discovered definite proof of your secret identity as Superman. Uh, meet me at 7 p.m. in front of the Superman statue in the Met- Metropolis Hall of Fame. And he said, uh, if they're not Superman, they're just going to think I'm crazy and, and just ignore it. But whoever is Superman will definitely show up. And he's actually right. The other three kind of see it and think this guy's insane. Um, the FBI say- agent says he probably escaped a loony farm. But they don't seem to care. But I like what the TV writer says because he says – He's given me a, an idea for my next project, a planet filled with mad men. And that's how so the show I, Mad Men was that's, created. I think that's right. It's like, I got to call John Hamm. <laughs> he so, kind of looks like what Superman would look like. Clark Kent sees the note and he, he goes, wait a minute. This is uh, Perry White's handwriting, but why would he send me this letter? I better go see what's up. Uh, so it works. Perry White's plan works because the next day uh, at, the Super, at the Metropolis Hall of Fame, which has like a statue of... Lincoln, uh, Washington, Julius Caesar, King Arthur, and Superman. That's that's right. So <laughs> I like – there's a cleaning lady there, and Perry White says to her, uh, Lady, I've got to meet someone here privately, so why don't you take this $5 bill and disappear for a while? She's – what is she thinking is going on that he's paying her? So she leaves her mop and pail there and walks away. Perry White hides. <laughs> I don't know why he's hiding, but he hides behind the statue of King Arthur. He sees Superman come in. <laughs> Or sorry, he sees Clark Kent come in. He's thinking he must be Superman, but I've got to prove it to myself. I'm going to try to cut his hair. <laughs> I like, like how the oops, I forgot my scissors. He's not well planned, but instead he he takes a sword from the Julius Caesar statue. So was he going to stab Clark? What if he was wrong? What if Clark isn't Superman and he kills this man? I think he was going to try to cut his hair with the sword, but as he's walking up, he trips on a mop, cuts Clark's shirt open, reveals the Superman costume. And he goes, wait a minute, you must be Superman. Uh, Clark says, wait, you've accidentally stumbled upon my greatest secret. I got to ask you, please don't. Uh, Perry White, you're my greatest friend. Um, uh, of course, Perry White still has amnesia. He doesn't know who he is. He walks away. He goes, I don't know who this Perry guy is, but I got to tell Paul Webster. Or sorry, he, goes, he says, I don't know who this Perry guy is. I, I'm Paul Webster. I've, I've got the scoop of the century. Uh just then Perry slips off the pail, knocks over the statue of Julius Caesar. But instead of falling on top of him, it floats. And it says, how dare, dare you topple the statue of the immortal Julius Caesar? Perry is given quite a shock. Uh, but that shock makes him snap out of his amnesia. And he sees Clark Kent there. Instead of Clark Kent, he switched into his Superman clothes. Um, but Perry doesn't remember anything. He doesn't remember that Clark was there. He doesn't remember any of this happening. He's forgot all about it. I like that this story is actually just the origin of the Perry White phrase, Great Caesar's Ghost. <laughs> That's right. That's what he said on the, on every episode of the Adventures of Superman TV show from the 50s. That's right. So, so this is this, just the origin the story, story of, of, of a phrase. 
<laughs> so Perry forgets all about it. He said he tells Superman he was trying to find Gentleman Jerry, but apparently Superman already he found him. He the police nab him. Uh, so the next day at the Daily Planet, the cover the the titles the cover story is a uh, police nab Gentleman Jerry and and Perry White thinking to himself, I almost had that scoop, but uh, little does he know that. Uh, he really had the greatest scoop of all time, and he's just forgotten it. It was uh, uh, he he found Superman's secret identity, and Clark's thinking to himself, "I glad I'm glad he forgot about it." He's thinking, "I'm glad Perry White's a total otherwise incompetent. Uh, otherwise, I'd have to kill him." I don't like Perry White's. Just he, there's days missing from his life, but he doesn't seem to wonder. He goes, <laughs> "I wa- <laughs> He goes, "I wonder what I was doing all that time." <laughs> days missing. There's more. Well, well over a week. From yeah. His oh, at least. Yeah. I mean, he was. He doesn't remember anything about being a hobo. He just kind of remembers he was. There's at least like a month unaccounted for. <laughs> so that's the last story we're we're doing in this episode. Uh, in the next episode, we'll cover Clark Kent as a gangster, Super Baby as a millionaire, Lois Lane in a safari out- outfit, and uh, honestly, a pretty good crypto story. <laughs> I know you haven't read the crypto story yet, but it's pretty good. Leave us a review on iTunes. Check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Steve and Andy. You can uh, comment there. I'll post some um, some uh, panels from this from this issue. There's a lot of good ones in here. I'll post a few there. Uh, share our podcast with your friends. And uh, if you have any questions about anything, you can email us at steveandandy at gmail.com. Maybe um, some of the questions can be about... What do you think happened during Perry White's missing month? <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, any questions, concerns, comments, send them there or leave our leave us a message on Facebook. All right, Andy, any any closing comments, anything to say about Perry well, I, White? I, I think the Superman family book, what it does, it shows how highly incompetent everyone around Superman is. Yes, yeah. Except and I, for I Superman. think he, That's uh, even Superman at well, times. Well, he has a lot of like <laughs> dumb luck, you know. You, Wait till you read the crypto story. Okay. It's, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start. I'll, I'll I'll give you a little teaser. Crypto is responsible in that story for the death of at least 300 innocent people. I'll, I'll let Isn't you read that, it. I think that's in every story. That's every crypto video, story. Right? I'll let you read it. It's got a bizarro in it at the beginning, so it's oh, a good God. one. It's a good one. Um. All right, Andy. Any... I wonder if there's a bizarro CBI. <laughs> that's just this. The CIA, I think, is the, the bizarro CBI. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Andy. I will talk to you next episode. We're going to continue the Superman family, number 165. I'll talk to That's you then. That's how many, how many stories are jam-packed into one issue. I know. We can't we can't fit them all in one so. episode. It's too much. The fans would it'd be too much. They'd riot. All right. I'll talk to you then. Talk to you later. I am an anti